Welcome back to the Teen Challenger Southern California podcast. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about a 24-7 prayer and help referral line that Teen Challenger Southern California just launched. No matter what your need is, if you're anxious or worried or stressed, you can call anytime, any day, and a Teen Challenge staff member is there to pray with you. The number is 888-520-0620. Once again, that number is 888-520-0620. We're so glad that you've chosen our podcast today. We know that there's thousands of podcasts that you could be listening to, and you've chosen to listen to ours, and we thank you for that. Up next in this series are the brand new sessions, fresh off the press from our very first Spiritual Emphasis Online. Normally, this is an event that Teen Challenger Southern California hosts yearly at our headquarters in Riverside, where all of our staff and students gather under a tent for three or four days of powerful worship and teaching. But because of what's going on in our world right now, we decided to take the event online and make it a completely virtual event. And what a week it was. We invited the Teen Challenge Centers from around the globe to participate with us. And it was just such a spirit-filled, powerful, life-changing week. We had messages from Don Wilkerson, Jim Cimbala, Nikki Cruz, Gary Wilkerson, and many, many more. Lives were changed forever. I'm excited because today you're gonna hear from Don Wilkerson. Don's the co-founder of Teen Challenge and the brother of Teen Challenge founder, David Wilkerson. He's gonna share an anointed message from God's word. Don Wilkerson is still on fire for God and loves the ministry of Teen Challenge. One last thing. If you're blessed by these podcasts, don't be shy to tell your friends and family about them. We encourage you to do so. As you listen to these sessions, our prayer is that you would sense God's presence, that you would hear His voice. And most of all, we hope that you're encouraged in the Lord today through these podcasts. Remember to subscribe today to our podcast if you haven't already done it. Be encouraged today. I bring you greetings in behalf of Brooklyn Teen Challenge. We are located at a place where COVID-19 has been a hot spot. Our men's home is also uh, a few blocks away from major demonstrations, uh, street demonstrations that have been going on. However, God has and is protecting us from both, but we still need your prayers. I'm sure that all the other speakers would agree with me that I wish we were together. I wish we could be in a live audience, but it is what it is. And so I guess we could say that we are together apart. <laughs> and only in this environment does that make any, any sense. But I, I greet you, and it's my honor to be able to speak at this spiritual emphasis. And I begin, I want to read a couple verses of scripture that contains the theme for uh, this spiritual emphasis. And that is, uh, and I'm reading from the King James Version, and I'll explain why in, in a bit. But Acts 10.34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh right." is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. 
of the three most frequently used references in scripture to the names of Jesus and Christ and Lord, the title Lord is perhaps most underused as to its meaning as far as Christians are concerned. In fact, often when God is referred to in the three words and titles, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord is most often listed first in the Bible. Now, many people know Jesus as their savior, their savior from sin, but they do not make him Lord. Let me repeat that. Many know Jesus as savior from sin, but do not make him as Lord of their lives. And the best way I could illustrate that is if a couple are in love with each other and they never get married because one or the other or both don't want to make a commitment, uh, then there's a problem there. If you love Jesus, you got to say to him, I do, <laughs> I do receive you for the rest of my life. But wouldn't you agree that the three names of Lord Jesus are probably, uh, we, we use the word Jesus more than any other name. Why is that? Well, because Jesus was and is the name by which his mother, his father, his brothers, his neighbors of Nazareth, and everybody knew him. When the angel brought the news to Joseph that Mary was to be with child, Matthew one twenty one says, thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sin. It was Jesus as God's son who came in human form to die for our sins. And that is why we refer to the name Jesus more than Lord or Christ. However, in the King James Version, the name Lord appears 7,850 times. The name Jesus actually appears a little over 1,100 times. The point is that we need to know the meaning of Lord in our walk with God. And here in Acts, the fact that the Bible translators have the phrase, in fact, in the King James, they have the phrase, he is Lord, it's in brackets, in parentheses, as if Luke wanted to highlight the importance of the Lord. And with that as a background, let me share the following with you. Point number one. Jesus wants to be. Jesus is Lord of all people and all races and all classes and all nations. And that means all And he is Lord for all, regardless of their past and their current lifestyle. Acts 10.34 says, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. The verse used in the theme of this conference, Acts 10.36, Lord of all, was used to let a Gentile man, Cornelius, a sinner, know that he was welcome to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord. Just as any Jew could follow Jesus, so could the Gentiles. But you see, the Jews thought the Messiah, Jesus, was exclusively given to them. Today we hear about white privilege, but it's nothing in comparison to the Jewish privilege of that day in which they were the chosen of the Lord. 
the Jews thought only they had the inside track to Jesus and the Gentile had no track at all. So Lord of all means that whosoever will may come, the poor, the rich, the lowest and the least in society, the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And aren't you glad? <laughs> aren't you glad that Jesus is Lord of all? He is able to reach down to the deepest mud and mire and bring forth a jewel. He is no respecter of persons. This was a revelation coming to Peter in a dream. And it's very significant because uh, chapter 10 and 11 is pivotal in the book of Acts because now the door is open to whosoever will may come. I like to say that in the late 1950s, when my brother David went into a courtroom in Manhattan asking the judge if he could help these boys, that's how he referred to them. They were Hispanics that had murdered a white Italian crippled boy, a teenager. And when my brother did that, he was not just speaking up for those gang members. He was speaking up for you. And that courtroom visit, visit resulted in the birth of Teen Challenge because the Holy Spirit knew that beginning in the 1960s and decades from that, that there would be a youth revolution and that there would be a drug revolution. And God was preparing to give hope and address at centers beginning in Brooklyn and around the world. And let me tell you, as bad as a current pandemic is, and hopefully when it's gone, the addiction epidemic will still be with us and this ministry will need to continue telling everyone who enters the door of a center, telling everyone who enters in, telling them three things. Hope lives here, freedom is found here, and change lives leave here. Can I get an amen? Even though I won't be able to hear it. <laughs> so Acts 11 is pivotal in that the Holy Spirit was breaking down the walls of ex exclusivity of those who thought only one class of persons could be saved. Peter had to have a wake up call revealing to him that Jesus came to be Lord of all. The devil would like to convince some of you that you're too bad for Jesus to accept you. No, he's Lord of all. Christ is either both Savior and Lord, or he is neither Savior nor Lord. And this message is to explore both of those statements. Once you believe Jesus came to save you and forgive you and deliver you from sin, no matter how dark and ugly your sins have been, once you believe that, it's important to know why and how Jesus wants not only to be your Savior, he wants to be your Lord. One of the great evangelists of the 1800s, George Whitfield, said, Jesus is willing to receive the devil's castaways. He wants to be your savior and he wants to be your Lord. The theme that I have adopted for my life comes from a statement by a man by the name of C.T. Studd. In the 1800s, he was a great cricket player. 
in England. He was a Babe Ruth uh, of that sport. And uh, he inherited a lot of money. His father was a millionaire, multimillionaire, and he inherited that money and he gave it all away. And he went to China and ended to be a missionary. And after serving there for a period, he came back to, um, to, to recruit workers and he traveled from place to place. And the press would follow him because he was so famous. And one of the reporters asked him one time, he said, why did you do this? Why did you give it all away? Why are you serving? He started working in the dope dens of China. Why did you do it? And this is what he said. And it's a statement that I have adopted for my life. He said, some want to sound, want to live within the sound of church and chapel bell. I want to run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And that has defined my life for 60 years. There is someone in this spiritual emphasis and you're praying about your future. Listen, God loves you. And Don Wilkerson has a plan for your life. <laughs> no, I don't have a plan for your life, but I do have a word from the Lord for some of you in this conference. You're wondering about your future. And I wanna to say to you, it's time for you when you complete and you graduate to give back and to help rescue others now in the hell that you once came out of. Once you believe Jesus came to your life and forgive you, forgives you and delivered you from sin, then it's time to bring others to the Lord. But the second point that I would make is um, the word Lord also indicates ownership. <laughs> and this is very interesting. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, excuse me. There's an old hymn um, that says, this is my father's world. If you move into a home or apartment, not your own, you pay rent to a landlord. Isn't that interesting? A landlord. He's the owner and you are given the privilege to live there by signing a contract to abide by certain rules. Well, listen, uh, the Lord God, our Lord God is the landlord of the universe. He created it, it's his. <laughs> and he gives us the privilege of living on his property. But in return, he expects us to abide by certain rules he has laid down. You see, the number one reason why people don't want to serve God is because they want to occupy a place in this world with no obligation to the landlord, the God of the universe. They don't want to pay rent, as it were. They want no obligation to anyone. Frank Sinatra has recorded a song called um, I did it my way, <laughs> I did it my way. Years ago, there was a popular song entitled, Don't Fence Me In, and what it meant was, don't give me any obligations. I wanna live my life they want. Don't tell me what to do. On July 4th is a great American celebration. 
celebration of our independence from the British. And this is a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing to declare your independence from our creator, our landlord, if you please. You can either make Jesus the Lord of your life and accept his conditions for living on this land. And you can do so by praying this prayer from the Lord's prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. The opposite of this is going your own way, doing your own thing, serving your own God or some other drug. And if you do that, if you insist on saying, I want it my way, God will say, okay, thy will be done. Thy will be done. If God says to you, thy will be done, then I want to tell you, you're done. <laughs> Pardon me, but, but, you're, but you're done. The worst thing that you can do in rejecting God's will and do your own will is for God to leave you alone to reap the results. And you're in this program right now because you've done your will and it nearly destroyed you. I often tell the students at Brooklyn Teen Challenge, I tell them, we're not here to help, uh, help you get your life back. We're not here to help you get your life back. If you get it back, you'll probably mess it up again. We're here to help you give your life away, to give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a better way. Let God be your Lord, Lord of all of you. In him we lose, move, and have our being. I had a friend in high school who once said to me, I feel sorry for you. You can't do anything. He's talking about worldly things. And I said to him, you know what? I can do anything I want. And he looked at me and he said, you can? I said, yeah, I can do anything I want. But there's some things I don't want to do because I'm following Jesus. And I said, there's some things I don't want because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The title Lord speaks of God's unlimited God's unlimited power and authority. And for some, this is a negative. It's a no-no. But for me, all my life, I have not minded that Jesus was and is my landlord because as Lord, he has my best interest in mind. Psalms 1, 6 says, the Lord watches over the way of the, uh, of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Psalm 3.3, but you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory, and the one who lifts my head. And one of the graduates said to me, Brother Don, uh, when I left the program, I remember one day, uh, I, I, was, I was really tempted of the Lord. And then he said, I remember we were taught about the armor of the Lord. And so he said, I put up my shield and, and resisted the devil. And when I put up the shield, I could hear ping, ping. Ping. The fiery darts of the devil were hitting against the shield of my faith, <laughs> and my faith kept me strong, and I didn't succumb to temptation. 
The third point that I would make uh, is, is this. What Paul writes and he says about the Lord of all, it also means he's all I need. He's all you need. He's the Lord of all, all of my needs. I think of a story of a young man who jumped off a bridge to commit suicide. A man witnessed this and he jumped in the water to try to save the youth and the young man fought him off. He said, leave me alone, I wanna die. But the would-be rescuer or savior, we might say, refused to give up and he managed to get the young man out of the water and saved him. Subsequently, the man who saved the youth found out that he had no home. He had no place, no family, no relatives, nowhere to go. So he took the young man home and he took him under his wing and he mentored him. And so this man, man savior, we would say, did two things for the lost youth. He saved him and then he gave him a reason to live. A lot of people reject the Lord saying, leave me alone. Fortunately for you and me, he does not leave us alone. And he has pursued you and he's brought to you to this place. And I want to tell you that being Lord of all means he's all you need. When God called Moses, he led the children of Israel called them to lead the children out of bondage. He, uh, Moses asked him, what shall I tell the people is your name? <laughs> and God gave him a re remarkable answer. He said, tell them, tell the people, I am that I am. I am that I am. Now, if you ask me my name and I said, I am that I am, <laughs> You might wonder if something was wrong with me. You might ask, but who am you? I remember one time I went to hear uh, a friend uh, that I went to Bible college with. He was an evangelist and he was appearing in another church. And I slipped into the service and uh, he didn't know I was there until he got up to speak and he looked down and he saw me. He said, oh, I'm glad to see my good friend, Brother Wilkerson in the meeting. And people turned around and looked. Uh, you know, and, and um, I'm sure they've never seen me before, and they, I'm sure they've never seen David Wilkerson before. And so they assumed when he said, I welcome Brother here, that he was talking about David Wilkerson. And so after the service, people lined up to shake my hand, and the first lady, elderly lady, came up to me and said, Oh, Brother Wilkerson, I read the cross and switchblade. I prayed for your ministry, I love your ministry. It is such an honor to meet you. And I said, ma'am, I'm not David Wilkerson. I'm Don Wilkerson, his brother. The look on her face was so disappointing. <laughs> and she said, oh, and she's a walks off. The next lady came up to me with the same, the, the same reaction. And I said to myself, I'm not about to let her down. <laughs> so I let her continue to assume that she had met uh, David Wilkerson. Well, yes, I am that I am. 
and I am Don Wilkerson. But also I am a husband and I am a father. I am a grandfather. I might also say that I am the president of Teen Challenge Brooklyn. I'm the co-founder of Teen Challenge. I'm the co-founder of Times Square Church. I'm the founder of Global Teen Challenge. I'm an author. And I share this not to impress you, but exactly the opposite. In saying who I am, I quickly run out of the I am's about myself. Not so with the Lord of all. <laughs> you never run out of the I am's. The Lord of all is all I need. And when God said to Moses, I am that I am, he was saying, I am whatever you need me to be. Whenever you need me to be, at all times and in all places, in every condition and situation that you find yourself. And this was fulfilled two ways during the wilderness journey of the children of Israel. And I bring this message to a close, towards a close with this. Let me share with you two of the I am's that God was to the people in the wilderness. He was a guide. He was a guide. I'm speaking to young, new and young Christians. You're either a first time Christian or you're being restored. And the question is when you complete the program, what's next? You need divine guidance, but there is no guidance without a guide. And I, let me tell you something. I've never had to find the will of God all of my life. I've never had to find the will of God because the will of God found me. And you know, if my mother and father who have been in heaven quite a long time, my father more than my mother, if somehow they came back and they were riding in my car, my dad loved cars, and they were riding in my car and they would see uh, this, uh, the, GP, the, the, the GPS, uh, they would look at it, and, and, they, and my father would say, what's that? And I would explain it to him, and, and he'd be amazed. And, and he said, well, how does that work? And I'd say, well, there's a satellite up in the heavens, and it knows where I am, and it tracks me. And if I put a certain address in, uh, it knows where that address is, and it'll tell me how to get there. It's called a global positioning uh, system, GPS. And my father would be blown away by that, but not my mother, not my mother. Mother, my mother would say, oh, that's nothing. Moses had a GPS in the wilderness with the children of Israel. And I would say, mother, what are you talking about? Oh, yes. Doesn't the Bible say that he would guide them with a cloud by day and a fire by night? That's the divine guidance system. And listen to me. If you do and follow the known will of God, he will let you know what the unknown will is regarding your future and your destiny. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but not only are the steps ordered, the stops are ordered as well. And he will be your guide. The children of Israel didn't move as long as the fire or the cloud was there, but when it moved, they moved with it. A divine guidance system. That's why it's good to serve the Lord. 
He's the Lord of all, all of your needs, and we all need guidance in our life. And then the other thing that uh, I, I want to share with you is that he is a healer. He is a healer. Now, um, Exodus 15, 26 says, I am the Lord that heals you. On March the 12th, I was at a board meeting for Brooklyn Teen Challenge in New York. I came home and I began to uh, have a temperature. Uh, and about two, two days later, um, I knew something was wrong. And, and um, I... Uh, I lost my sense of, sm of smell. I lost my sense of taste. I lost my appetite. My wife uh, would try to get me to eat something. I didn't want to eat. I, I would take some toast and so forth. And a couple of weeks later, I couldn't get out of bed. And my wife called the emergency and they took me to the hospital. And they tested me for the virus. And then my, thank, thankfully my temperature went down. And so they said, uh, look, there's no reason for you to stay in the hospital. You'll have the results in a few days. You might as well go home. And so I did. And a few days later, I got a call. I happened to live, I have a home in Virginia. And the Department of, of Health from Virginia called and says, you've tested positive. Uh, you have slight pneumonia, so you need to go back to the hospital immediately. And so my wife or my daughter, somebody called in the emergency. And again, and once again, uh, I, I'm in the uh, emergency vehicle uh, being taken back to the hospital. And I asked one of the attendants, I said, what day is it? And he said, oh, it's April the 1st. And I said, oh, <laughs> okay, it's April Fool's Day. Um, and uh, I just kind of laughed about it. And uh, I checked into the hospital. And the next morning, uh, the doctor came to me and said, would you like to take a drug called um, um, hydroxychloroquine, um, uh, the malaria drug? And I knew it was a little bit of controversy, uh, but I said, yes, I will. And so I took it. The next morning I woke up and for the first time I was thirsty and I reached over and I got some juice and I drank a little bit of juice and I got so excited. I called my wife and I said, honey, guess what? I can taste, I can taste, I can taste. And I knew that I was on my way to overcome this virus because you see, when, I caught, when it was known in my family that I had the virus, I said, I don't want anybody to know. But my oldest daughter, she posted it and I began and we family began to get responses from all over the world of people who were praying for me. And yes, I took that medicine, but it was the Lord who cured me because the next day, the doctor came back and he said, sir, there's no reason for you to be in the hospital anymore. Your temperature is normal. Your vital signs are all good. You might as well go home. And he said, 
uh, I'll give you a prescription. You can continue to take this drug for, for, for a few days. And so, so I, I came home and then he said, quarantine yourself for, I don't know, seven or 10 days. And, and I did. And thank God I came through it because the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer and he's your healer. And listen to me. I have observed in my years working in rehab and recovery that those who have abused their bodies for years or they've been abused, when they come clean, they may find that it takes time for their physical body and their emotions to, to heal. I believe I am speaking to some of you right now and for some reason, I just feel, feel led to do this in, in closing. I believe I'm speaking to some of you that you need a physical and emotional healing in your body and mind. And I tell you, the Lord is all you need. He can be your healer. Hallelujah. And I want to pray. And here's what I want you to do. You're listening to this in your, in your center. And you need a healing, physical or emotional healing. I want you to stand right where you are. And then I want a brother or sister or a staff member to lay hands on you. And I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for you right now. And you know, by the way, my wife came through this with flying colors as well. She had the virus, but she was no, nowhere sick as, as I was. And the Lord healed her and brought her through it. And I'm so grateful to God even to be able to speak to you today with what I've been through. And, uh, you know, when, when, when the doctor told me I was going home, he, uh, he said, sir, you're very fortunate. And I knew what he meant because of my age, people my age that get uh, COVID-19 often don't make it. And so I'm so grateful to the Lord and my healer. And, and I want him to be your healer today. And so I want you to stand right where you are and somebody lay hands on you as I pray. And then I will be finished. Lord, I lift up these students to you right now. Lord, we thank you that you brought them to this place. You brought them to this center. You brought them to a place of surrender. And I pray that they will have a surrendered to you as your savior but may they come to the revelation that you want to be the Lord of their lives, that you want to meet all of their needs and all of the promises. You are the great I am, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you are what we need, when we need it, and where we need it, and how we need it. We thank you for that. So Lord, reach down your healing hand for some, Lord, who have physical ailments in their body, Others are, are struggling emotionally because of their past. May all old things pass away. All old things, all old things pass away. And may all things become new because you are the Lord. Hallelujah. You are the Lord of all. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for choosing the Teen Challenge of Southern California podcast. If you haven't subscribed yet, do it today. It's easy. Go to wherever you get your podcasts, click on our icon, and hit subscribe. A new podcast filled with godly encouragement, spiritual instruction, and teaching comes out every week. God bless you today.